Lord Jesus Christ, today we thank you for being the great Redeemer. You are the one that takes the hard stuff of our lives, our sorrows, our pains, our disappointments, and you inject your goodness, you inject your love, and you bring good things out of the hard things of life. And we submit that to you today. We say, Lord, do good things with my life. As I face the tough things of life, Lord, take what those tough things are and turn them around for your goodness and your glory. We submit them to you. We depend on you today, Lord. We declare your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Well, why don't you have your seats? Uh, We're going to give you a different service this morning. We want, uh, beyond anything else, we want you to declare um, the Lord Jesus Christ and declare your dependence on him today. So we're going to walk you through a service that gives you a chance to do that. If you're joining us online this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to have a little bit of preaching and then a little bit of worship and go through the service that way. And we're going to have communion this morning, which will be our ultimate expression of dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because how many of you know what day this is today? Independence Day, right? We love being independent, don't we? We love that. We're really good at that. Uh, So today we're going to turn that around and we're going to say, yes, it's great to be independent and to have our freedoms, but we also want to declare in the midst of of what we have, we want to declare our dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ today. So happy Independence Day. 245 years ago, we declared our independence from England and their tyrannical rule. And so I thought it'd be fun to bring back a little bit of the Declaration this morning. So why don't you say this with me? Here it is, Declaration of Independence. Let's read it together. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Somebody say amen. 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 It goes on. It's a lot longer. But I wanted to read that today partly to provide uh, the backdrop to the dependence that we're going to be talking about in our Lord Jesus Christ. But let's linger for a moment here. Uh, There was a high price that was paid for this independence. Over the years, much blood has been shed, much life has been given. And uh, over here, you know, we have our flag. We call our flag Old Glory. Old Glory. And as you know, it represents the original 13 states, the red and the white stripes, that made this declaration. The red represents valor. It represents men and women who have given their lives and, and their blood has run over the years to provide and to protect our freedoms. And it's a wonderful, wonderful um, benefit that we have uh, that somebody else paid the price for. Uh, Blood and lives were given so that we can gather in a place like this today and we can worship together. They paid the price for this freedom. White represents the pure motivation of wanting to be free from tyrannical rule um, and to be free from that and to be able to worship as God gives us the freedom to do so. And I am so grateful for the flag. 
I know there's a lot said about our flag today, but to me, the flag doesn't represent our government. The flag represents lives, represents real people, represents real blood. And I'm grateful for the freedom that it represents. But today, on Independence Day, uh, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to declare our dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's good for us to never forget who we can really trust. Amen? We can really trust the Lord Jesus Christ. We can really trust a glory that's older, way older than old glory. So the first point in your notes today is, number one, we declare our dependence on our glorious, eternal God. When I prayed after that last song, Graves into Gardens, I was thinking this week, you know, life is hard. Has anybody noticed? Life is hard, and I know we say that a lot, and I hope you don't get tired of that. We're just being honest. Every day brings a new challenge, and we need, I need, my glorious eternal God to help me. How about you? Do you need your glorious eternal God to help you, to declare your dependence on Him? You know, every week I talk with people who are going through something hard in their life. You know, Verley Courthouse and, and their family, please keep them in your prayers. He's struggling hard, coming to the end. Money Mayberry is about to breathe her last breath. I was with her and her family yesterday. And these are real lives and real people that are going through hard times. And oftentimes when I meet with people that are going through hard times, they'll say to me, what is God's will in this? As if I would know. Well, I do know, actually. I do know. In every case, I can tell you what God's will is. God's will is that we would depend a little more on him today than we did yesterday. That's his will. It doesn't matter what you face. His will is the same. That you would depend on him a little more today than you did yesterday. That's what God wants from us. God wants our dependence. God wants us to trust him fully. No matter what it is that we face. It's that simple. No matter how the challenge gets resolved or doesn't get resolved, that's what God wants from us. And that's why today we're going to help you celebrate dependence on Him. We're going to help you declare your dependence on Him. Because I know that you brought something into the room with you that's hard, that's a struggle, that's difficult. And so we're going to give you moments throughout this service to declare your dependence on your glorious and eternal God. That really only He is worthy of that dependence. Only He can really handle all the troubles and the problems of our life. So why should we trust God? Well, because He's glorious. He's glorious. He's more glorious than old glory. God is glorious. He's eternal. His eternal glory is seen around us all the time. And so I want to take you there first. First, I want to just talk about the eternal, glorious God that we see around us all the time in nature. So let's go there with our hearts this morning. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make Him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Let's camp there just for a moment. You know, the heavens speak because God spoke. And when you think about it that way, you know, God didn't take some uh, ingredients and, and bake the cake that we call this world. God didn't do that. God spoke this world into existence. And so really, when you look around you and you see the glory of His nature, you're really seeing what He spoke out of His glorious nature. 
Have you thought about it that way? The beauty that we see around us, the reason that it, that it drives us back to believing that there must be a God is because everything that we see was spoken out of his own nature. God spoke it and it became. So God spoke who he is into what we see. He's a glorious God. And I don't know about you, but I love to get out and hike, see the world and see the different glory around the world. I've been a lot of places. I've gotten to hike in the Himalayas. I got to watch the sunrise one Easter morning from a mountain in the Himalayas with a bunch of youth. I've gotten to go to the north end and the south end of New Zealand. Beautiful, beautiful place. But I will tell you this. There's no place more beautiful than here. Don't tell anybody because we don't want them to come, right? The Pacific Northwest is as beautiful as any place in the world, in my opinion. And plus, there's no poisonous animals. Well, we have the killer hornets now, I guess, but somebody brought those here. But we live in such a beautiful place. Here we are in Little Linden that sits 90 minutes from skiing and 30 minutes from the bay and, you know, 10 minutes from Canada. Not that we really care anymore, but (laughs) sorry, Canadians online. I know you're there. Sorry. It's just that we can't come see you. That's why. It's hard, right? And then we have Seattle and, and again... But, but honestly, I can't wait until the snow melts enough that I can get back into Heather Meadows and, and hike my favorite hike, which is Ptarmigan Ridge. And if you've never hiked it, you've got to do it and go all the way to the end because you see the glory of the mountains. And it's beautiful. So our glorious creation points to our glorious creator. And everyone loves the beauty of creation, but let's never forget that it's supposed to point us to a creator that we can depend on that we can declare our dependence on. That's, that's God's intention of the beauty of creation. So today on this Independence Day, we declare our dependence on a glorious God, His eternal power, His divine perfection, and His holiness. So let's stand this morning. Let's stand and let's respond. And, and come on, let's be intentional with this, that we declare our dependence on a holy God and we sing hallelujah to Him today. So not only this morning do we declare our dependence upon a glorious eternal God, I want to take you to the next level of dependence that we have with God today, and that is number two in your notes. We declare our dependence on our glorious Creator, our Savior, and our Redeemer. Not only is He eternal and glorious God, but He's also our Creator, He's our Savior, and He's our Redeemer. Let's talk about that a little bit today. We're here today in this room because of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why we're here. Uh, Maybe you you don't know that yet, but that is why you're here. Um, He is God's only begotten Son. I'm not going to go into the doctrine behind that, but that's what He is. Uh, First of all, we declare dependence on Him because He made us, and He gave us life. We are made in His image. John 1, 1 1-5 says, In the beginning the Word, that's Jesus, already existed. So he pre-existed coming as a baby. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. 
the Word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. That's a good reason to declare our dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ today, right? He cannot be extinguished. So Jesus Christ is the Word, and God created everything through the Word, through Jesus Christ, the Son. Everything. Can you say everything? Everything. So everything includes you, right? We know we were born, but, but, but Jesus oversaw our creation. He allowed us to be conceived and born. And I just want to say to you today, because sometimes you can feel like you get lost in the crowd. I want to say to you today that he knows you. He sees you. He understands you. Everything that you're facing intimately, he has entered into your ethos or your your world. And he knows exactly what it is that you need. You're made in his image. You're beautifully and wonderfully made. You have inherent value because you've been created in His image. That's the truth of the matter. And not only were you made in His image, but He also gave you life. He gave you the potential to be in eternity with Him forever. That's amazing. And that's something to declare our dependence on Him for. So we, we celebrate our dependence on Jesus Christ, our Creator, today. But then he didn't just create us, he also saved us because we needed to be saved. And so we're here today because Jesus Christ saved us. Or you're here today to get saved by Jesus Christ. Jesus made us his own children. Let's read ahead in John, starting in verse 10. He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, but a birth that comes from God, a spiritual rebirth. So the word, Jesus, became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So today, the second area that I want us to declare our dependence on is our dependence on our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I know that you did that when you received Christ, and I know that you did that when you got baptized. But there's also something to reaffirming uh, that declaration as often as we want. We're going to do that with communion today as well. But here's what I want to declare, that Jesus alone can save us. Amen? Jesus alone can save us. We cannot save ourselves from our sin. Only Jesus can. We need to declare that today on this Dependence Day. Not only does Jesus save us for eternity, but Jesus also saves us for today. Pastor Steve talks about this a lot. How some people think, you know, we're just saved for eternity when we die so that we can go and be with him. And that's true and that's wonderful. But Jesus also saves us for today. He redeems our lives every day. And as we depend on him, he changes us to become more and more like him every day. He's at work in my heart. Uh, Not a day goes by that I'm not working on something with Jesus in my heart or in my character. And so I declare my dependence on him. And you declare your dependence on him 
to bring change to your heart, to sustain you, to redeem your life. In other words, to make your life worthwhile. That's what Jesus does. So he not only saves us for eternity, but he also makes our life worthwhile on this planet. I love this scripture, Hebrews 1.3. It says, The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. What we want to do at this point of our service is we want to help you declare your dependence on the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So if you're at home today, uh, please run to the kitchen and get some bread and get some juice and bring it back because we're going to prepare our hearts for communion. We're going to sing a worship song as we prepare that, that talks about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And so I want to encourage you this morning that even as you hold the elements in your hand and, and sing the song, to not just sing a song today. I think oftentimes we can just sing the song. But today what I'm going to invite you to do is declare your dependence on Jesus Christ as you sing this song to him. So let's stand up together. Let's worship him with this song today, Jesus Messiah. If you would, uh, go ahead and take the bread out. If you haven't done this before, you just lift the top little flap on the container. You know, I started our time together by talking about old glory and what the stripes represent. The white stripes on old glory represent the purity of motivation to gain freedom from oppression. And I would argue that Jesus Christ had purity of motivation. And he also had a desire to free us from the oppression of sin. And his motivation was pure. All he wanted to do was to to rescue us, to save us, and to bring us to himself. That he could have a people that he could call his own. And we could have a God that we call our own. And so as we hold his bread today, I I want you to think about his body and, and the purity of his motivation. And how what he did, he did for you because of love. Because of love. He loved you so much that he pursued you and he took on your sin onto his body. He took on the punishment for your sin onto his body. He took upon the judgment for that sin upon his body. He even took upon a a time of separation from his father on his body. Uh, And he did it all for us because he loves us and he wanted us to be free. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So, Lord Jesus, as we hold your bread that represents your body, we thank you for the purity of your love for us and, and how you did what you did simply because you love us and you want us to be together. And we thank you for that today, Jesus. Family, take and eat the, the body of Christ given so we can be free. If you would, open your cup. Just a second, little flap. As I think about old glory, and I think about the glory of Jesus Christ that is eternal, eternal.
eternal glory. I think about the word valor. I was just thinking about this word this week and, and the valor, the bravery that it takes to lay down your life and to let your blood flow for the outcome of forgiveness. And I'm just so grateful to Jesus Christ today for choosing to be brave for us. Yes, he's God, but, but he was the son of God. He was still in a human body when he went through all he went through for us. And it took great valor. And on this Independence Day, let us remember what he did for us and depend fully upon the power of this blood to cleanse us from all of our sin. Every wrong thought, every wrong attitude, every character flaw that we have, everything that we do and say, the blood of Christ has the power to forgive us. And all we have to do is declare it over our lives. So Jesus, today as we hold this cup in our hand, We thank you for being brave for us. We thank you for your valor as you laid down your life, as you went through incredible pain and suffering and you let your blood flow from your body so that we could experience freedom and salvation, cleansing of our lives, washing away of our sins and be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. We declare our dependence upon your body and upon your blood today. Family, take and drink the blood of Christ given to forgive our sins. If you would be seated, I'm just going to wrap us up today. And I always, always love those times of communion together. They're very special, very meaningful, especially, I think, today on Dependence Day, right? So the last point in your notes today is, is there's, an, there's another way that we can declare our dependence on Christ and another way that we can express the glory that God deserves to Him. And that is number three, when we let Him live and love through us. We declare our dependence on Jesus by letting Him live and love through us. I have here today a sparkler. This is called Super Jumbo Glory. I built the service around this sparkler. I really did. So I have a friend who's a wholesaler. He wholesales all, all kinds of fireworks to all the different fireworks stands around the place, around our county. And so a couple of months ago, I said, hey, 4th of July falls on a Sunday. What do you think if, if you give me, um, let's say, 800 sparklers? He goes, oh, I'll, I'll check into it. So he got back to me. He said, sure, you can have 800 sparklers. And so... We got them ready for this service, and then the burn ban happened. And I thought to myself, you know, it's probably not a great idea. It was a great idea. Probably not a great idea to give people a stick that blows fire out of the end in the middle of one of the worst burn bans we've had. So you're not going to get a sparkler today. Because I would hate to be that church. You know? That church that gives away sparklers and then somebody burns the world down with it, that would be horrible. They'd never forgive us for that. COVID was bad enough, but this, you know? So I do have them, but you don't get them today. But if you come back on New Year's Day, which is also on a Sunday this year, I'm going to save them for you, okay? So so there you go. That's, that's the story of the sparkler. Okay, 
But the thing I was thinking about with the sparkler, because you know there's an illustration in here somewhere, is, is that it's important which end you hold. I don't know if you've noticed, but it actually tells you which end to hold and which end to light. Because I really wouldn't have been able to tell you just looking at it. So you hold, the, you hold this end. And the reason that's important is because if you hold the wrong end, you know, you're going to get burnt. You're going to get in trouble. And, and you want the thing to work the way it's supposed to work. You want the glory to come out of the correct end. Right? And, and the same is true with, with God. You know, Jesus lights our lives. Jesus ignites us. Jesus is the one that sets the flame burning in our hearts. And it's important that we don't try to hang on to the wrong end of our life. It's important that we let God have his end and don't try to take care of his end. Because God wants to do things in our lives and through our lives. And if we're always trying to control God and always, you know, not trusting God and always trying to flipping it around and holding on to the wrong end, God's not ever going to be able to get the glory that he wants in us or through us. I mean, it's enough that he has Christ in us, right? And that's a wonderful thing. But God wants to do more in us and through us. So I want to talk a little bit about what kind of glory that God wants to do through each one of us. And there there are some things that he has said that he wants to do through us. Now, we just declared Christ in us through communion, right? His glory in us. He lives in us. So regardless of what you choose to do with your life, Christ's glory is in you. But I believe God wants you to hold the right end of the stick. And I believe he wants you to let him live and love through you. So three kinds of glory that I wanted to bring up this morning that God wants to do in us and through us. You've heard all these before, but we consistently turn the stick around (laughs) and hold the wrong end. So I'm going to bring these up again. Okay. And number one is that God gets glory when we let him change our character. God gets glory when we let him change our character, when we let him make us more like Jesus. And this takes years to accomplish. There's a fancy word for it called sanctification, right? It's a church word. But it takes years for God to change our hearts and to really change our characters and help us with our character flaws. In Philippians 1.11, it says, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character Produced in your life by Jesus Christ. Like you can't do it yourself. You have to let Jesus do it. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. So righteous character. That's the first kind of glory. I want to just take a minute and talk about. Righteous character is the glory that Jesus produces in us through his Holy Spirit who lives in us. Uh, Simply it means to become more like Jesus. So that begs the question, what was Jesus like? And I just want to give you a couple of descriptors that I think about when I think about Jesus. And these are descriptors that are things of my character that I could become more like Christ in. And maybe you can too. So the first thing is that Jesus loved sacrificially. Now, if you're married here today, that is a word for you. You are to love your spouse sacrificially. That means you're to lay down your life and your agenda so that they can have a better life. That's what it means. We would get rid of all marriage counseling if we just did this. Right? We would. We would if we loved like Jesus sacrificially. Okay? The second thing is that Jesus served unselfishly. And I think there's uh, you're, you're holding the right end of the stick if you learn how to serve. 
And if you struggle with life and you struggle with depression and you struggle with you know, those kinds of things, the best thing you can do is to serve. Serve somebody. Bob Dylan said it well. You've got to serve somebody, right? Jesus served unselfishly. In fact, he said that he came to serve, not to be served. And he said that you'll be number one in the kingdom if you become the servant of all, right? So serve like Jesus. That's the second thing. The third thing is that Jesus was incredibly generous. Incredibly generous. Generous with his life. Generous with his love. Generous with his own body. I mean, he was generous. And God was generous in sending Jesus to come and find us when we needed him desperately, right? So, so Jesus is so generous. And I believe I become most like Jesus when I become generous like him. And I'm working on that. That's a character thing in me that I, I really want God to perfect as much as he can before I go home someday. I want to be generous. Jesus was generous with his grace that not one should perish. He was so generous with his grace. And Jesus was so generous with his forgiveness. It's unlimited. Like there's no end to his forgiveness. And again, we don't keep sinning so that his grace and forgiveness can abound. But yet, but yet, there's enough forgiveness for all the sin that will ever be committed. Jesus was compassionate. He really cared about people. You know, I find myself sometimes just not caring very much. It's so selfish. But I have my days, like you probably have your days, where I just care about me. But Jesus was so compassionate, he really cared about people. He really did. He would heal people. He would feed people. He cared about the fact that they were hungry. The disciples said, well, why, why would we feed them? Just send them to go buy food. And Jesus said, they're going to be hungry. Let's feed them. And so you find Jesus to be incredibly compassionate. And the next thing is that he accepted people where they were. You know, I've just been watching the series, The Chosen. Anybody else watched it? It's a great series about the life of Jesus. And they take liberties with the character buildup of the people. But, you know, it's, the story's not in the Bible. So somebody's got to write their story, right? So they write the story about the disciples and what they were like before they met Christ and and what Jesus was like. And they really did a great job, I think. But one of the things that is really shown in this, in this story is that he accepted people where they were at. He accepted people where they were at. He didn't leave them there. He would always speak the truth in love. Oftentimes he would, he would minister their needs. He would love them. He would care for them. And then he would say, now go and sin no more. Right? He didn't just let them off the hook. But he loved them and accepted them where they were at. It was remarkable. I would love to be more like that. Those are just a few things that Jesus was like. And I think these are things that I want to see happen in my character. The second thing is to let Jesus use my life to do good things, to point people to Jesus. Ephesians 3.20 Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I could get used to this. This is kind of fun, you know. <laughs> as we declare our dependence upon Christ, as we do that, as we say, Jesus, I depend on you, the question always is, okay, well, then how do you want to use me, right? We have this question all the time. God, how do you want to use me? What good things can I do for you? And I think that's a question that's worth asking every day because God will probably bring 
a good thing across your path to do every day. He'll bring that person. He'll bring that circumstance. You'll be faced with a decision on whether to be selfish or not, generous or not. What good thing can I do for you today, Jesus? I think that's a great question. In other words, not what would Jesus do, but what would Jesus want me to do today? So what good thing can I do for you? I think that glorifies God. And the third thing is to simply let Jesus love through you. And what would that look like? And what does that look like in your circumstance? I know what it looks like for me. What does it look like for you? How is the love of Jesus best seen in your life as we love God and as we love others? You know, the the next series we're going to talk about is going to be all about this. How to love our neighbor. Who is our neighbor? How to love them. It's going to be a, a great series And we're all going to be growing together in doing the one thing that Jesus told us all to do. You know that? He he took all of the commandments, lumped them into one thing, and he said, do this. And that was to love God and love your neighbor. So we're going to be talking about how to really do that because we believe that that really brings glory to God when our neighbors feel loved by us. It's a good thing. 1 Timothy 1, 17, all honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. You know, at the end of the day, I believe that what we want to do is we want our lives to glorify Christ. I know I do. I want my life to glorify Christ. I want God to look at me and say, son, I know, I know it's because I put Jesus in you, but son, you're doing good. You're doing good. That's what I want to hear at the end of the day. Son, thank you for the glory that, that you're bringing my, my existence, God would say. That's what I want to hear from the Lord. And I hope that's you too. So let's stand up together. We're going to do one more song together. And I'm going to invite you again to intentionally take all of your dependence in this moment. No matter how self-dependent you are, no matter which end of the sparkler you've been holding. If you're holding the wrong end, you might want to turn it around. And in this song, declare your dependence upon a glorious and wonderful God. Let's worship him.